Welcome back to Fine Beats and Cheeses, a podcast that's suspicious of anyone walking behind us with a baseball bat. Ooh, My Lord. name is Leslie Gray Streeter. I'm a columnist for the Baltimore Banner, an author, a speaker, and a person who wants to stay on the good side of a zombie apocalypse. Uh, I'm joined here by my co-host. Uh, I am Lynn Street of Childress. I am a playwright and a singer and an actor and a teaching artist. And also, I just want people in zombie uh, media to just run really fast. I know that no one's ever thought of that before, um, but that's just me. Um, so um, producer Sam, uh, we usually introduce him here, but he will be along later. Uh, but we have a very special guest um, who is um, amazing. And uh, guest, can you introduce yourself? All right. Well, hey, my name is uh, Brian Wade or Pastor Brian um, of Center Point Church, Kent Island in uh, Stevenson, Maryland. Um, I love Walking Dead and can't wait to talk about this wonderful subject and topic that we're dealing with today. So I am super excited to be here. Father of four kids, wonderful wife, and got one in college, one getting ready to go to college, and two I'm trying to get rid of, period. So we'll figure that out <laughs> as we go. <laughs> and I feel that, yes. I, I know we're all like, yeah, we're all nodding. You can, this is a um audio thing, but we're all nodding on this call. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so um, ask Brian what he wanted to talk about. He said The Walking Dead, and I have to be completely honest, and that I am terrified of gory zombie things. And I though um decided that I was going to like branch out. So what I did was I read Wikipedia of all the seasons of Walking Dead so I could find out what happened, but did not watch the actual You show. have never watched any of it? No. It scares me, but I decided that this was like a way to like read it as literature wow. and get and get what's happening. But also, well, let's was say that. I don't think I've ever watched the entire episode. My best friend Maria is a big Walking Dead fan. And so I've seen clips. I feel like it's one of those things. There's something else we talked about. Oh, Sex in the City. That was mm -hmm. like that, where it's so everywhere mm -hmm. that even though I never, I only watched Sex in the City when I was at Leslie's house because I didn't have HBO. But I feel like I could follow discussions about it because mm -hmm. it was so out there. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell you, I can see pictures of all these people and tell you who they are because they're out there. So I follow along, but I, uh, it scares me. So I'm being, it scares me. So I'm really excited to have this conversation and scares me not in like a, like, I don't like it because I think it's bad, but literally it just scares me. But I wanna know more about it. And I like the idea of where I think this conversation is gonna go, which mm -hmm. is about why this kind of thing is near and dear to your heart, Brian Wade. All right. All right. So, I mean, I absolutely love the show and I really more love the concept of um, what do you do when life is no longer the way that you're used to living it or mm. the way that things have been told for you to live it. And I think mm. that's kind of the beauty of the show for me. I tell people who are afraid of zombies or don't like that kind of stuff. I tell them all the time, this show is not really about zombies. It's about what do you do when society's broken down? Mm. How do you operate with your morals and values? What are new morals and values? What is acceptable? What are you willing to do? And what are you okay with? 
And that's really what makes the show interesting to me. I say zombies are, are just really a really big problem that you have to deal with. But the real problem, <laughs> <laughs> the real problem are the people. People are the problem. And for every episode or every season, the issue wasn't the zombies. The issue was one group of people coming against another group of people and their morals and values of how you should operate and live in this new world now that there are no rules or standards. And that's always been very interesting to me, whether uh, Walking Dead or any kind of book of that nature, book, comic book, movie, watching how do people operate when society is no longer what we know it as. Well, and the dystopian thing, well, that goes back, I mean, obviously, the uh, goes back to George Romero. I mean, these things go back to the, with this, you know, franchise, Walking Dead, Living Dead, Not a Living Dead, all this stuff, you know, it's... Uh, mm -hmm. It dates back to the 50s but yeah this idea of and and those sh sh very early ones have roots in the beginning of the cold war and you know what was happening with russia what's happening again mm -hmm. and all of these things about who gets to be in charge who should be in charge mm. who's presumed to be in charge um and so everything from that to the uh the maze runner to the yep the hunger games hunger games yes so all of these things were like, so what happens, unfortunately, what happens in these shows and also, unfortunately, in real life is that those who are in power figure out new ways to become in power, that there's never mm. a real, unless it's like designated survivor where literally all the people in in charge die and you mm -hmm. have to start all over again. And right. so the people who were with those people are still trying to say, no, no, we're still, still supposed to be in charge. Um it's like lost you know it's like lord so, of the rings you know so what is cool about that and and mention that there are some some books and shows that have and and even and even uh some aspects of uh of uh walking dead have some people that have always been in in power especially when you get into the later episodes there's people who have always been in power but what's super interesting is is that a lot of people who are in power don't actually have the ability to withstand tough situations. Absolutely. They're not they're not made, they're not built that way. You know, they've had trust funds, whatever it is that's made them <laughs> successful. When you come down to how do you survive wits and all these kind of things, you have people who are who are car salesmen who end up becoming leaders of huge communities in ruthless ways and they they have this power. And so it kind of also goes to the aspect of people that you would never expect to be um, leaders are now being able to use their history, their their life story, their frustration to finally live out this fantasy of power that they get to live out. And that's kind of cool watching somebody even like, wait, this ruthless killer, he was a car salesman? Mm. <laughs> like, what? So I know, so number one, thank you for that. And and what, educating myself, so that on Wikipedia, realizing, like you said, that it was the people who were the issue and not so much the zombies, I think I will actually go ahead and watch um I mean I have to tell you I'm not afraid of many things but like yeah except for sharks uh but that's a whole mm, other thing because mm -hmm. I saw Jaws when I was like six and that we were entirely too young to watch that movie and it scares the snot out of me but you were talking about too like what people do when they're in power and that makes me think of like Breaking Bad like that kind of thing where mm -hmm somebody starts off sort of unassuming and you kind of think that they're one way, but they get this amount of power and become completely, completely different than they were because they get turned on by the money and the power and all of it. 
Yeah, it's it's a show, and I think Walking Dead and, and other shows like Breaking Bad and other things like that, you get to watch somebody who has been told, again, by society, this is where you fall in a class. Right. This is who you are. This is the, 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 the avenue of life that you're going to live. And now, because that's gone, they take advantage of this opportunity. And it's the opportunity of survival, but it's finally an opportunity to let something on the inside of them lead them and guide them and be who they want to be for a change. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Certainly the character that I referenced in my intro with the baseball bat, Negan, mm-hmm. the high school gym teacher who gets crapped on more about like, oh, you thought you're supposed to be this. You were that. And do you have any power? Are you a real teacher? Are you wearing shorts all day long? You're a grown <laughs> man. What are you doing? And and his brutality. And the, mm-hmm. I, I believe in the way that Jeffrey D. Morgan, who was brilliant. Yep. Which is, by the way, the episode I tapped out. I did too. You are you talking? You're talking about the you're talking about the beginning of six, yeah. right? I went. I no, thank you. Well, Glenn. Yeah, yes. couldn't do it. So, I, I had been back and forth with the show, mm-hmm. and I was like, I remember watching it, and they're there on on their knees, mm-hmm. and I went, oh no! And before yeah. I could, it happened. The death happened before I could change the station and i i've never watched it again and it was and if i remember it correctly the way season five ended was he hit two people with the bat but i don't think they showed you who it was no they didn't and so the whole off season you're trying to figure out who got killed and then they start season six with it being glenn and glenn's been in the show since like the first episode of season one um right at the very end he pops up um, and it's like, yo, I grew, I grew with this dude for like five seasons. Like that's my guy that from, from that's again, somebody that went from being a pizza boy delivery, uh, on the show to being a critical dude that Absolutely. did a lot of significant things and he's gone. And that hurt a lot of people's hearts and people tapped out for, for a season or two because you just, oh, you know, yeah, because that was your guy, like the, in the way he died, the brutal way uh. that he died was just too tough. And it's like, who's this dude? Well, you know, so, so talk yeah. about how the the show how the show starts, right? It so it starts the see it starts with um, the main character who wakes up, right? He's been in a coma, and then he wakes up and realizes that zombies have taken over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that right? So, um, so but yeah, so basically, I mean, he's he's doing he's he's doing a police shift with his best friend. Um, they they kind of make kind of a car chase breaks out. He ends up getting shot. The mm-hmm. the star of the show gets shot. Three weeks, four weeks, weeks later, he wakes up in the hospital. The hospital's completely empty. He, you know, the flowers are dead. The IV is drained out. There's nothing in it. And he's walking around looking all, you know, no energy, no juice, no food, nothing. He comes around and he starts seeing fingers crawling, you know, creeping through a door. And he's like, what's going on? And that's the best part of the show is because that walk down the stairwell, he can't get down the elevator. Power's mm-hmm. gone. It's, mm-hmm. He's like, nope. And he's got to do this 30, 40 second walk through the through the stairwell. And it's the creepiest, scariest thing ever. And then you start seeing that, you know, there's a zombie here. There's cars overturned. He's riding uh, on a bike in a on an in a nightgown trying to figure out. Yes. And and no idea what's going on. And then it starts to kind of explain itself as a show of what's going on. He has to play catch up. To me, that show was a really clever reversal of what we have come to known as copaganda, which mm-hmm. is 
the police are here to make everything right. Mm -hmm. And the police are the good guys and they can save things and say a hospital is a safe place and a police station is a safe place and an army barracks is a safe place. And so the walking dead posits, what if it's not, what if the police officer is in a hospital, which is supposed to be making him well and nothing is working. And yes, he's in a gown. He's completely, not only is he unsupported, anyone that would be, responding to his safety and saviorism is unsupported because he doesn't know what he's doing and he's completely he doesn't know what's happening right and he's having to catch up Len and i always say that we would be the first people to die in a zombie apocalypse correct we can't run fast no we're not real good at sleeping outside we're not so much with the foraging of the meat. We, do we eat meat? We would be sitting going, should I eat this cow? And we'd be dead. Because while we're trying to figure out the ex- eating the cow, the zombies would have us. It would be over. Yeah. And, and you know, it. the question everybody asks is, what kind of zombie is it? If it's a war, a World War Z, it's a rat. Mm, it's I'm a rat. I'm a big guy. Those guys, those zombies turn in 12 seconds and they're running 4-3. <laughs> they're so- like they're NFL runners. <laughs> that movie, I watched maybe the first half an hour. This the trailer freaked me out. They're running so fast. I'm like, yeah, that right. That's a wrap. I'm done. Yeah, if those things are running like 40 yard dashes, I'm done. <laughs> it's a wrap. Now, if you give me walking dead zombies or or you know, one of those other versions, great. I can deal with it. But if we're running four four, I ain't got you got me. It's a done deal. <laughs> I figure I would only be susceptible to a walking dead zombie if it was someone I trusted who then turned and ate me. Yeah, yeah, that'd be hard. But well, if I saw you coming, you can't run. You exactly. can't run, son. Exactly. No, thank you. Well, that was one of the crazy things that people were like protecting their families who had been turned into walkers because they couldn't bear to do to harm their families who were Not now me. zombies. Not me. <laughs> Sorry, Lynn. I love you more than I love anything. We are literally genetically identical. If you are a zombie, you must go. I will be sad. Respect. Respect. I, I think when, when Walking Dead was on and it was at its height, which is probably around, like I said, five or six, when when, yeah. when Glenn got killed, a, a lot of people checked out. But there was a point, and, and maybe maybe the five, seven, season seven, probably where people were like, okay, I can't, it's too, it's too sad, too depressing. But there was a time when you go on Facebook on Sunday nights and that's yes. all everybody talked oh, about. Oh, yeah. anybody. And there were people that were like, I would I would kill Lily too. And like they were kill, kill Lily too. And they were like, look to the flowers. Like that was a big phrase. Right. And even if people don't know, like, look I to the flowers. I knew that and I didn't yes, watch the show. Exactly. Because there's a point where you're like, you know what? You know, forget these kids. <laughs> you, you <laughs> my good words. Forget these kids. <laughs> the Michael so Jordan some, meme. So with someone who had to is, kill... Man. A zombie child because yeah. she was a zombie. Sorry. So with that particular situation, the little girl had snapped. And again, you got to think about it, like they're everyone's men- mentality and, and mental is so fragile. And the little girl ends up killing her sister. And they're like, we got to move on. And so one of the stars, Carol, kills the little girl that they were kind of trying to bring along as maybe their own that they could adopt into their little group. And they're killing the girl. Like it was like, look, and they basically told her, just look to the flowers. And if you look into the flowers, you hear the gunshot go off. And it's like Carol, Carol was a realist. So so let's talk about Carol for a second. Okay. That's that's a prime example of someone who was so not empowered. No. And then at the end of that show, 
her character had developed so much. So, so the background for her was in the first two or three episodes, you see that Carol is getting beaten by her husband. He mm-hmm. he is abusing her. She's coming out with split lips. Like he is, she is really, you know, I'll I'll wash your clothes, I'll fix your food. Like mm-hmm. she was really this abused um house mom. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the show, she is not only a gun willing lady, but she is in charge. <laughs> She's in charge of people. She's in charge of, of, of kicking off different fights and conflicts. She is a major person. And she survived the whole season. She, she mm-hmm. died every season. So that's kind of one of those things we're talking about where somebody who was not empowered because of society and the circumstances has now empowered her to be phenomenal as a, as a leader or whatever you want to call it. So the society itself goes and flips on its head because of these situations. And, and I think back to your original point that it's really about society it could be anything it could be like meteors or you know weird waves or whatever it is or something that's threatening us and who we become if we survive is that's the point that's who it is so you have like a negan you have like a michonne who is the if i may say this pastor the baddest badass that ever absolutely Absolutely. And to have a dark-skinned black woman Mm -hmm. not just be, because I think people were comfortable with Michonne's character uh, paid by Denai Guerrera uh, to be, yeah, she's a badass with her her bow and arrow, but when she became the romantic lead Mm -hmm. it confused people. It did. Because they were like, what you mean, the hot white guy? Yes. Who else? First of all, everybody else did. Also, yes, the the two of them were e- each other's equal in power and stature and mm-hmm. cunning and leadership. Mm-hmm. Who else would they be with? So it, I I laughed heartily for weeks with the confused people who had been you go girl when you're just the the muscle, and they're like, she is love. Yes, she is loved. I will punch you in your eye. It was so hilarious to me. What was so cool about her character was she, you know, she had her katana and she's got, you know, two zombies chained to her hips when she first walks into, I think, season two. Um, The end of season two, I believe, is when she pops up. And the whole thing is, you know, if you carry zombies around you, it masks your own smell and odor. So she's cut off their mouths, their arms. She's got them chained and she's got them as, as, as on leashes almost. And to go from that character to developing into not just a strong black independent woman in this particular environment, but now it's gone into um, a moral compass for yes. the the star of the show, who's kind of society's mess. The situation has messed up his mind so much that Rick. he's no longer yeah Rick, Rick is no yeah. longer the moral compass mm-hmm. that he used to be. She's a moral compass for him. She also becomes the nurturer and like the stepmom for two of his kids, mm-hmm. and then becomes the mother of his last child talk about a character shift and that's kind of the growth that you get in a situation in a show like this it's really cool and go ahead Lynn no I was just gonna say it is fascinating like you said what people do when society changes and when the breaks or barriers that they felt that they faced earlier aren't there anymore and what does moral look like, right? Because it seems to me, right, that 
several factions of people on this show consider themselves the good guys because they mm -hmm. thought that they had reasons for doing the things that they did. So morality even becomes not a binary thing, right? It becomes what's good in this situation. And mm -hmm. that's that's fascinating. I mean, that's always right. But when people really feel like they have a valid reason for doing otherwise pretty stank stuff, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's fascinating and frightening. Yeah, we... we we justify the fact that because we have a life, it's okay. And so because we have a life or we have the opportunity to live or someone has presented it with the opportunity to continue living, we will throw aside all of our moral standards because they provided us life. And it's very interesting when that happens. And when you watch this show, it's about me following somebody who I would never follow in any mm -hmm. other instance or situation but because they have a skill set of keeping me and them alive, well, I will follow them. I've always thought of this show as sort of a, I think, positive outgrowth of a show like Lost. Because Lost, as revolutionary as it was, could never get over the fact that white people were still supposed to be in charge. Mm. And that white men would be naturally the leaders. And that the many, many characters of color mm. were supporting Mm -hmm. or whatever so when you have something like a walking dead yes rick is a big deal but you know he's nothing without michonne and when you understand that like did you watch lost yes absolutely the, the kate sawyer jack you know triangle mm -hmm. it, yeah. it's that you just assume that it's always going to be these three people because they are the pretty white ones and yeah 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 and, and everyone I and everyone else comes up there was lots of threats and stuff but that the focus is on these three characters because up to that point as the natural leaders not only in society but that that's what the tv show is going to be about yeah and and again like a show like lost everybody turned to the doctor prominent title prominent whatever absolutely right. and when you get into a universe like walking dead and some of these other post-apocalyptic um shows and movies and whatnot it's not about your title. It's about to some to a, to a great extent. It's not about your title as much as it's about your ability to provide um, whatever is needed to be provided. And so Absolutely. that takes precedence over anything else. A doctor is more of an asset and an, uh, than actually anything else for the show. Like you, just because your doctor doesn't make you the leader. The doctor no. means you know you might get captured by uh, by a by a community, and your job is to provide a service. And the doctor doesn't care because at the end of the day, he's alive. Or she's yes. alive. So right. They don't care what you do. As long as you bring me my three square meals, I'll I'll sew up whoever you need to. Right. It just I also liked about The Walking Dead is that I Lynn knows I like a show or a movie where you can never tell who's gonna die. I love a right. show or a movie where just because you're a well known actor or a person who is presumed to be um, there's so many shows that the shocking thing, like, um, did you ever watch, what was that? Uh, Big Sky? Yes, I saw some of that, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Where the biggest actor in the movie, in the show, dies in the first episode. Yep, 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 yep. I remember that. Okay. And you go, what? Wait yes. a minute. It's really funny. Spoilers. I was just having this thought the other day. So my husband um, came to some shows late. So sitting with him through season two of NCIS, spoilers, oh, oh. 
Mm. A major character is standing on a roof and get shot in the head in the head just and, and, and the ugliest thing it's like there's no doubt they're dead just right, right center of the head so watching that having to really sit on my hands i think i had to leave the room and i definitely left the room when we watched with him this is literally 15 years later the first season of 24 and as we were getting to the last episode oh with Terry, no oh Terry. Um, and I had to really like, I I think I left the room because that has haunted me since 2001 and I could not stay in the room while he was watching it. And I came back and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And so, go ahead. I was going to say, a show that was notorious for that was Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was like, you, you know, (laughs) we all, we all thought Ned was in it for the, for the long haul. And Ned didn't get past season one. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe how many episodes in? I Literally, think like, like four or five, maybe. John Bean came in as the big actor, the star, mm-hmm. the person who was most recognizable. And I watched it live. I'm like, oh, they gonna stay? Oh, oh. hey, oh. hold on, Leslie, move your mic down. Sorry, right now. Go ahead. I was like, what is going to happen? Oh, that's what has happened. Yep. And it was, I think in the later seasons, honestly, it lost its nerve. I think after Joffrey died, it lost its nerve. And I think some of the big deaths, I think there were deaths that didn't happen until the last season that should have happened earlier. <laughs> or, or, you know. Well, Sam, you had your hand up. So uh, yeah, I'll give you one worse. I read Game of Thrones, the first one, as a pre-press edition when I was working at a bookstore. Oh. which is why I have no patience with George R. R. Martin whatsoever. <laughs> I'm like, when he's done, I'll pay attention to him again. <laughs> but yeah, because I read the pre-press edition, and he died even earlier in that than he did in the final. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. So, so you're you're talking about, get, you're talking about you know, Ned, died, Ned died earlier? Yeah. Wow. Like within a chapter or two. Wow. And he was set up as the big, yes. you know, the whole thing, his whole backstory, his children, his story. The, you know everything about the wall was in terms of him and then gone but i think i think shows like game of thrones and walking dead do a tremendous job of setting up the character where yes. you actually legitimately care right um you care about them you know either good guy or bad guy they do a really good job of storytelling their character and then the yes. way they write them all for the most part or get rid of them is it's poetic but at the same time you're just sitting there like your feelings are emotional. Even if it's a bad guy, you're going to miss that bad guy when he's gone. I got to tell you, spoiler, Joffrey, the most terrible person that ever terribled. Well, one of them. <laughs> Him and Ramsey Bolt, it's up there. Uh, but, ugh, Ramsey. <laughs> but, um, and then, the, any Game of Thrones fan of the show, I never read the book, so the show will tell you that I felt that the last season, they were just trying to get through the end of it because the writers and the showrunners thought they were doing a Star Wars and they didn't even mm-hmm. get the Star Wars. It was never made. <laughs> so they just laid waste to such there was all this beautiful setup. Who's who who's gonna who's gonna inherit the throne? And ah, nobody cares. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. It was it was absolute um we're I'll say this for game for Game of Thrones, I I don't I I emotionally tapped out. At season eight three, when uh, when uh, John Snow's little sister, uh, prison prison shanked, uh, 
<laughs> the White Knight or whatever, or whatever name, the Snow Knight, whatever the name is, when she just went up there and kind of and just poked him in the stomach and he died, I was so done. Because, you again, you'd spent all this time, seven, six, seven seasons, developing that Jon Snow was going to be the guy that killed... Yes. The the white the king of the White Walkers whatever his name yes. was yes and so the, the, you, the white king what was his name Sam? the night king I think it was the night king right it was the night king yeah I yeah. think so yeah so and it had, was such a bit and also that episode was so freaking dark I had to rewind it three times to figure out who died because they would go something happened I literally can't see it yeah and I think shows like like that um they gave us great characters, but they also gave us tremendously good actors um, mm. that we didn't know were so good actors until we saw them in their show. You know, Walking Dead. Um, my, my wife was like, that's the guy from Love Actually or whatever, whatever that show is. It, the movie yeah. was. Uh, yes. Yeah, Andrew and, Lincoln. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're kind of like, he's British. What? Yeah. You know, you just, you just didn't even oh, yeah. know. But these actors that these shows gave us were, were and, tremendous actors. Well, and what's so interesting to you were talking about, like not knowing that people are going to die, that is a testament to, like you said, just storytelling and building up characters. Mm -hmm. Because um, Leslie and I watch a lot of like procedurals where like so you see somebody at the beginning, they're a jackass, you know, and we turn to each other and go, they're going to die, right? Mm -hmm. There, there's really no character development because it's just one episode. It's the detectives who are the stars of the show and they're going to solve it. But you can tell pretty soon, usually in these shows, well, like, oh, they hate everybody. Yeah, they're going to die. Law and Order. The very first season. George Zunza oh, yeah. is one of the two uh, detectives. Well-known character actor. And this is forevermore. Anytime I always check the time signature to see how much is left. Yes. That the uh, character's wife is on the phone with his partner. And she goes, oh, he's just coming in the, coming to the house now. Hey, who's that on the driveway with him? I was like, oh, no. And he dies in that episode. And then the second season, um, <clears throat> uh, Mira Servino's daddy. Uh, Paul Servino. Paul Servino gets shot, doesn't die. But so Dick Wolf is saying all bets are off. We will kill off anybody right. at any time. They killed so many people like detectives. There was a detective once who wanted, there was a DA who wanted dead in a trunk. See, maybe I'm talking about more like Murder, She Wrote in Columbus. Yeah, no, like you're right. Sorts no, of no. Shows, right. No, you're, you're right. Kind of... No, you're right. Because, you know, because you don't, but you still expect that the constants. Right. Is it the constant characters are the people that will survive. So like on NCIS, where that character that you spoke of dies very swiftly and very brutally. And there's no question as what you watch her, her get it shot was kate kate if you haven't watched it it was kate Thank sorry <laughs> 20 spoilers. years ago it's 20, a 20 year old show i always say spoilers for a 20 year old show um sorry i'm not you'll be fine um <laughs> these things are shocking so going back to the walking dead when Michael Worker is one yeah. of my favorite character actors. Yeah. He was in Eight Men Out, which is one of my favorite movies. And so he, once again, as a person who was cast, you might not know his name, but you go, oh, I know that guy. That mm -hmm. guy's someone. And you go, oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. What? Yeah, I was going to say, what The Walking Dead 
did was that it became such a show that big time actors would love to come on the show, even if it was for half a second. Yep. Because they just wanted to be part of it. And that made it really cool. Uh, same thing with Game of Thrones, some of these other shows that we named. Um, but, you know, what they really did was they did a tremendous job of, of telling a story mm-hmm. that made you care whether the character was a big time character or not, um, because they were there and you were along for the ride of the story. And that's something that TV didn't really give us because everything you said, Lynn, in regards to, okay, Malcolm Jamal Warner's on episode of Law and Order. Well, he's a bad guy. We know, you know, he's a bad guy. We know he's right. He's a guy that did it. He's going to jail somehow. (laughs) But you have these shows where um, Walking Dead and some of these other shows we're talking about, they really took the time to develop the character and they made you care. And they made you care. And that's what brought you into it is that you care. Did you watch The Last of Us, which I have not watched yet? I did watch The Last of Us. Because I, I the episode that I hear of has two very big actors <laughs> who my understanding is they don't live through the episode, uh, who are partners in the episode who mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but they do such a my understanding, I I haven't let myself watch it because I, I'm tapped out with death right now, but um with the understanding that they let you fall in love with these people that you see how they, why they love each other and how they love each other. And that it's just, and that too is that show. My understanding is it would not have happened without a walking dead because it not just the subject matter, but that the focus on what we have lost in humanity and that these, a tender moment for these people that you're pretty sure when you meet them, you're going to lose um and are you willing to open yourself up because i know people who have stopped watching shows who are like you know they're just gonna kill that person like we used to watch 25 years ago nypd blue and it's like so which of um whatchamacallit's partners are gonna get killed this week because it's like i'm just gonna stop investing in these people and that's and that's what you know shows that we talk about like walking dead i think lost and we mentioned lost earlier might have been one of the first shows that brought that to I guess one of the big four uh, TV channels at that time, big four, big mm-hmm. five TV channels. ABC. Yes, was that you had, um, you had all these backstories and these flashbacks that they gave you over the course of seasons yes. to really yes. get to know their characters. And I think, mm. when, you know, and so when you did that, even though, you know, you knew Jack's story from, you know, season one and his mm-hmm. dad and, you know, what he was right. crying back for, they the still kind of went back every so often to give you a little more of, of that character. And that kind of kept you hooked emotionally. When I think what happened when, when TV went to, um, you know, AMC and, and HBO, where they could really give you character development is where you and I, as the viewer, again, good or bad, we cared like as much right, as we all, and we talk about game of thrones for half a second as much as we all hated joffrey and we all hated joffrey everyone yes, we, we wish joffrey would die every other day like, every we day joffrey. you still were like totally involved in his story as you hated him each season and when he died you can't tell me you didn't kind of sit there and be like that's messed up though <laughs> it's messed up though and that even though cersei was the devil um that she's still watching her child die and mm-hmm. it's it's painful and she she would gladly kill anybody else's child it's fine she's good with it toss that kid out the I, window I was thinking the same thing the <laughs> right first the episode she's messing with her brother and he's like oh sorry can't see that boop yeah 
what yeah. is even happening? But yeah, Cersei also because Lena Headey was such a is such a wonderful actor that she made you. I mean, I wanted Cersei to die more than I wanted anybody to die ever. And I will tell you that I resented her death because she died with the person that she loved. I didn't want her and Jamie to die together. I didn't want her to be comforted when she died. I wanted her to be in pain and terrorized and separated from everybody that she loved, um, like everyone she killed. And I think that's the beauty of, again, shows yeah. like, like, we keep talking about Game of Thrones because it's such a, you know, it's it's still fresh for a lot of us in a lot of ways. But those shows that show you and, 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 and Walking Dead, this world is not going to give you your storybook ending when it comes to TV and movies. It's not because this is going to give you the reality of right. most likely how things happen. Well, and it's really funny. So we keep jumping around with like all these all these shows mm -hmm. because they're really good shows. On I just watched the season that was just on a Fargo. And if you watch Fargo, um, and again, I don't want to give it away because it did just come on, but right. so, mm -hmm. literally the last episode was like two weeks ago. Um, because every season is a different story. Mm -hmm. But I will say this supposedly the way that it ended was different than the way the lots of the other ones ended because it ended semi happier for some mm. people than than usually I guess the main characters end in these things. So a question I had though is is there a lesson for us like now in non-zombie apocalyptic times or we think um for from these sorts of shows like is there something like you look at these things and you go oh that's a good reminder that we should blank or a good reminder that we shouldn't blank or it's a good I, question lynn i think the okay. I, think, I think it's a really good question i think the answer is well my one of my I, one of the answers or my answer would be to understand the value of cherishing moments mm -hmm. um what we've seen from a show like walking dead is that at any moment, any circumstance could take someone away from you Absolutely. at any moment. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. so to really cherish relationships, really cherish and sit down and value the small things that you have. Um, an example that I'll, I'll give and, and tie back to it is I did a missions trip to uh, Jamaica maybe 15 mm. years ago. Mm. And we weren't in like the pretty part of Jamaica. We were like in Buff Bay and Orange Bay. Like it's it's the jungle. It's 10, you know, it's 10 roofs and those kind of things going on. And the lady asked us um, who were there. We did a missions work that night. And she said, tomorrow when you guys come back, can you bring us a candle? And we were like, you want a candle? She was like, yeah, there's no, it's totally dark out here. And I ran out of candles a week ago. And mm -hmm. I told my missions team. And so we went down to the to little uh, shops to buy stuff on our, on our day off. And everybody brought candles. They must have brought like 50 candles. Mm -hmm. And I thought to my team, when I talked to them, I said, could you imagine it's so dark outside that all you want is one candle? She didn't ask for it. Could you bring me several? Just one. I just want a little light. Like how much we got back and we cherished the idea of taking for granted this power mm -hmm. that we have. Let's mm -hmm. be thankful for the very little things. And I think that show can really make you realize just how valuable it is to to have power to have water to have electricity the things that we normally take for granted we have them now and so to cherish those things and cherish the relationships and not take it for granted and i think that's something that, that really kind of speaks to us I, I, that speaks to me about the show mm. i will say also to me it's the fact that 
your reality is fleeting. Like I was talking to someone today about how I separate life at this time between March 2020 and everything that came after. Yes. And that yeah. who we thought we were, what we thought life was. Um, I was talking to someone who had helped me with my book publicity for my first book, which came out March 10th. And then in three weeks, everything I had planned for got canceled. Yeah. Everything wow. I had planned mm -hmm. for, for two and a half years was gone. Mm -hmm. And I still had a job and insurance and internet. So, I mean, it was, it was very terribly and disappointing, but I still had a life yeah. and things to do and savings and whatever. So it wasn't terrible. It was just really horribly difficult. So I was telling my friend this morning who had done some publicity for me that, you know, I used to be a person. I loved a music festival and I loved a party. I am. And I loved like, oh, it's okay if we're standing down here. Now I'm like, if I go to a concert, I am masked and sitting in a nosebleed. So I can't see nobody or breathe on nobody or talk to nobody. I'm not lingering. I went to a house party a couple of weeks ago. I stayed for an hour and a half, stayed in the kitchen and was like, I got to go. Bye. I'm breathing. I go, things change. <laughs> and I think something like the walking dead, I think is a, was a precursor in a way to what happens when your life just mm. changes and nothing is the same. Yep. The way that you have fun or leave your house or who you let in your house, whether you ever have a party again or go to a party or whatever it is. And you're mitigating a uh, risk is the risk just to stay in your house and not talk to nobody because yeah. they could be a zombie or have COVID or whatever. <laughs> well, you know, um, as as we joke in my house, because we're kind of we're kind of dark humor. Um, you know, my wife, when I got COVID, I was, you know, almost almost left out of here. I was in the hospital yeah. for about mm -hmm. five or six days and, you know, hooked up to oxygen and all that kind of so stuff. Sorry. Had yeah. heart conditions after uh, COVID, just all kinds of stuff. And, you know, my wife was like, oh, you're getting the vaccination. You're getting it. She, you know, she I was like, I'm not getting that thing. It hasn't been tested. I've already made the appointment and you're going on this day. <laughs> because I am not going to be here with four kids. She gave me the whole rundown. And I was like, all right, cool. I said, but you know, this I'm getting this zombie flu shot inside of me. And that's kind of been our joke in the house every day. And I've said is that, you know, it's time for a booster. We all say it's time for the zombie flu. Because, you know, <laughs> we don't know how far it's been tested. And I say, this is probably where it's going it. to start everything up. Going, you know, they'll, they'll press a button and then it'll, it'll all kick in. And we all laugh and joke <laughs> about it. <laughs> But that's that's kind of like you you know everything right now is just you know as you talk about you value life like you value it you don't know what's going to happen how things are going to change, and Walking Dead is kind of an example of of just COVID sweeping in just such a fast way just an outbreak that just takes over and it changes life totally and how you respond to it. I always think of um that um what's the thing we just did a death thing what did we just do where i mentioned live like you were dying anyway there's you know that country's tim mcgraw song live like you were dying um it's basically like what would you do if you knew that you didn't have time and this stuff people didn't know that they didn't have mm -hmm. time they just you know got attacked the zombies happened and oh well um and that's kind of you know we would, like I said, Lynn and I would be in the first scene. We'd be like, hey, what's this thing? Boof. But but I have to tell you, though, I have to say, we kind of downplay ourselves because we're both former marathon runners. Yeah. And, um, and then we said former. Now, we may not run as fast. We have bad knees, but we can still 
I, I could outwalk a zombie. If I got behind something, I walk very fast. So my child and his friend, I had walked them home last year from school, and his friend just knows me as this lady. I'm not a small person. I'm what he. I'm old because I'm over thirty. Whatever. So they were taking too long, and I was like, "See ya!" And I literally start running. <laughs> and the little boy looks at Brooks. He goes, "Your mom is running," and he goes, "My mom's a runner." I'm there like, I mean, once again, I am slow as heck, depending on where I was 25 right. years ago. But we're but I'm like, we're I'm like, y'all are taking too long. And my house is just up there. It's like, I'm going I'm to open door for y'all. And they were all out of breath. I'm like, hello, little tearful children. It was beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we would still, I'd still probably die in like the third season, but um, you would <laughs> get to the third episode. Of the you would get to know me and my, and uh, you would miss me. You get to know me. <laughs> Well yeah. enough to miss me when suddenly the guy that I was dating was like, oh, I finally met somebody in the head. Yeah, yeah but these are so many like good questions about like, what do you, it's very like Lord of the Flies, right? It's like, what do you do when there are no rules or when you feel like, what is, what is moral and what is immoral? So, so like going with that real quick, right? So my my favorite my favorite character on Walking Dead didn't make it past season two, which is hilarious because I think this this role, mm. um, Shane, who's Shane. John Brenthal, I believe. Oh, John Brenthal, yeah. Brenthal. I think that launched his career, in my opinion. I think Walking yeah, Dead launched his career. That dude was the best friend of Rick. They were best friends. Yeah. Um, Rick gets you know shot. He's in the hospital, and he wakes up three weeks later, and he mm -hmm. he ends up running back into. Um, John, uh, to Shane and Shane and Rick's wife. Rick Shane had gotten Rick's wife and his son and brought them to safety. And you find out that Johnny Boy is sleeping with uh, Shane is sleeping with Rick's wife. Mm -hmm. And like you know, you still don't know to this day is that really Rick's baby? Uh, yeah, is Judas his baby or is it, is it Shane's baby? And it's crazy. And I say all that to say, Wikipedia this, said that Shane's baby. According well, to Wikipedia. I think it's Shane's baby too. But it's crazy because. What takes place is in three weeks, um, you're sleeping with your best friend's wife and your best friend's wife is willingly sleeping with you. Like, what was that always something? Right. And this situation now made it available. And and, and yes. what, you know, so how is somebody who's your best friend in three weeks can say, well, you know, we thought you were dead, brother. <laughs> and he moved on. He took your wife. So in it, three weeks. Yes. And so what's really in the heart of people? That gets to be exposed when I forgot that that's there. crazy. And by the way, I will so say crazy. John Bernthal dies beautifully in so many things. Did yes. you see one of my favorite recent movies is For Those Who Wish Me Dead? Have you seen that? Haven't seen it, heard of it, haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Sam? Mm -mm. No, Angelina me Jolie. Okay, I'll just say, I oh, I guess I gave it away, but don't get too attached to him, but watch that movie. Um, it's he's so good, and also he it has leading man looks. But he does such beautiful character work. He is almost always like on the bear, like mm -hmm. the brother. Oh, the I love him on the or bear. whatever. Bro, he's that one, that when he's, he's throwing the forks. He's one of the the that he's one, he's one of those actors that gets into his character like ridiculously well. I don't know if you've seen any of the Punisher stuff he did on Netflix, mm -hmm. but I mean he is he is that character. He is that character, and he embodies it so well. And nobody does you know, unhinged, um, emotionally crazy dude better than him. 
and he's he does so, a, he does a great job of it. It's so have good. You, have you ever seen The Accountant with uh, Ben Affleck? Yes, he's, and he's his brother. Yes, the other assassin. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So good. It's well, and and I kept going. So oh, these good. men look. These men look nothing alike. <laughs> but it's so hard to find good actors that can bring you into it, and that's kind of what you know so as we're talking about shows like walking dead and game of thrones and all that stuff the characters like they do again they do such a good job developing the characters the characters do such a the actors do such a good job of getting into um the role of the character and embracing the character that after a while they again they become your family they become your your thing that you got to watch and your team rick or your team cersei or whatever your show is or team right, right, snow right. you know you're you become that thing i think there's a um there's a there, there's an episode so season five of walking dead i think it's five four or five of walking dead rick like snaps he loses his stuff and every parent that's ever had a kid is like i would do that too and there's this guy that's mm. trying to assault sexually assault his son oh. and rick is like tied up or whatever he is and he finds a way out of that thing and he grabs that guy and he can't get his hands around him and he takes a chunk out of that guy's neck and so he takes a, a, a just take a page out of zombie book. He, he rips this guy's neck out. And every every person on Facebook was like, yes, I would have did it too. And then you see how he kills the guy after he it gets his hands free. And you're like, yo, the moral compass has snapped. But at the same yeah. time, what would you do? And how far would you go to protect your own? And how much of you would you invest in in, in becoming whatever you need to, to help your, your family or help your people survive? And that's where as we as, as fans... We fall in love with those characters, good or bad, is because, dude, we're right there with you. We're riding right there with your pain or your frustration. It's um, we watch a lot of movies here and um, talk about a lot of stuff. And so my husband just did a whole like background. Well, he and I both uh, of the Terminator story because my son asked a question about the Terminator. But again, this idea of like. Sarah Connor is just unassuming person yep. and they're trying to murder her because unknowingly she's going to be the mother of the savior of the world after Skynet takes over and the, you know marry Jesus but you know that kind right. of thing and she's like just, let's do this right just unassuming right and then second and then you know the T2 was just wild because now she's pumped and got well, big so, arms because that's like who would you become mm -hmm. to take care of your child? And yes. I think that people who did not see the first movie lost a lot of the context, particularly yeah. because it's the same actor. It's the same. It's like, what if you could survive it? What would you have to become? I mean, I'll say this. It not. I'm not a superhero. I'm just a woman who did what she had to do. But I, I woke literally woke up in one day and was widowed and went, oh, all right. What do I do? And what I did was became a badass because I had to because I didn't have any other choice. Now, my my therapist and my pastors, many of them were like, you had a choice. You could have just crumbled, whatever. It's like, it's not a thing, man. I you do what you have to do. But I mean, Sam knows Sam did the same thing. Sam has the same journey. You did what you had to do. And so I look at these shows like Lynn said, we don't give ourselves enough credit. Like I said, I might not have been able to outrun all of the zombies forever but i would have figured it out man and, you, and maybe you do become the you don't want to be nagin but you know you become the person with no power who you know 
yeah. Not I hits think. people in the head with a wire wrapped um, baseball bat, but well, some people deserve it. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> never say never. Right, right. I do. I, I totally agree. I think that you know, the circumstances give you the ability to be something that you may have wanted to be or have done that you never would have done because it's not right or it's not normal or it's right. not acceptable. And now you have an opportunity to be this person. And it's really interesting. A lot of the books that I read, all of these um, these post-apocalyptic books and, and audio books and all this stuff, a lot of the main characters and the powerful people are, are what we would say nobodies or just everyday mm-hmm. average people because now they don't have anything dictating to who they are. Well, and I think I think secretly that a lot of us would love to have those moments where we could be superheroes in our own kind of way. Yeah. Well, so, and oh, well, go ahead, Sam. Yeah. So I and I I'm so sorry I've forgotten who it was, but there was one of the young adult apocalyptic writers um I was interviewing years and years and years ago. I was videoing it and uh, um I ran across them last year. Mm interviewing again in a different context and they're like i was so hopelessly optimistic about my post-apocalyptic scenario she's like covid has showed us that we Mm. will end with a whimper Mm. she's like we are a sad selfish small society and we're not gonna that's she's like i can easily envision you know an apocalypse i can't imagine us getting through it now Wow. wow! Because wow. we're not going to come together. We're going to go. Nope. But I want to have. We're fiercely individualistic and stupid. And stupid. Mm. That's and a we, we, not a they. That's a we. we like yeah. a brunch. Also, I was going to say, um, very quickly as we wrap up, like going back to the lost thing. I think that for those of us who were like you said, um, that were like, yes, as you said, Brian, it's the doctors and the the former mayors and the cops are going to lead us, and that Jack had a right his rival was the scumbag it was mm-hmm. sawyer mm-hmm. he was like who says you get to be in charge and sawyer was like i've had guys like you all my life tell me that i was supposed to be you know kowtowing to them and submitting to them just because they were who you are i'm as strong as you are i'm as smart as you are i can sleep with your girl what you gonna do mm-hmm. and that his threat to what the status quo of what the hierarchy usually was although i will tell you and i'm going to quote my sister the day that she tapped out of lost was as she calls it kate and sawyer in the dirty cage sex oh yeah what, nobody what season was that. that what season was that four three four four, three, four. when they're they've been um kidnapped maybe three I'm and they, three. they're in the cage and lynn goes you know they smell they mm. smell and they're like she's like dirty cage sex bye i just felt like it was i don't know again when we watch all these things right and i have to say we have an idea of where we want these things to go and a lot of these shows i mean at least like you know game of thrones and the walking dead had some source text right they mm-hmm. had the graphic novels and they had the the novels uh like uh game of thrones but a lot of these shows we're just talking about this in my new a lot of these shows that have such stylistic um and complicated um background stories Mm -hmm. if they don't know where it's going it's so easy for it to just become ridiculous where you're kind of like what do you huh (laughs) the mcu 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> where you're like, where is this going? And again, a lot of it when you, and it's fun as a writer. I know we're, we're writers to be able to change stuff or see where things are going. But so much of that, though, is about who was popular in the show and who the fans are saying should hook up and and who who's this who's the breakout character and now's the breakout actor and now you have to give them more and yada 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 and i just felt like lots was so promising like i'm very cuz i did tap out but i you know saw how it ended it was very interesting to me that it ended with the fact that they were all dead the whole time you know right Right? Yes. That was, that was the laziest thing I have ever seen. I, I, I felt like they they should have stopped at four. Like I know. four, four was yeah, fine. Lost was Lost was maybe two seasons of brilliant writing spread over six years. Yeah. yeah. There is a brilliant book called Burn It Down. Um, oh. that is about the do you know you know the book right? I know the book. That's about different um, television shows, Sleepy Hollow, Lost, other things, and and what they meant. And it talked about how one of the worst things of Lost is that there were so many possibilities about um, Maureen Ryan is the actor, the uh, author's name of that book. So many possibilities that Lost could have gone to and it hewed to, well, of course, these people are in charge. The fact that people on the set said you can't leave Walt missing because what this says that his father is a single black father who's trying so hard to find his son. And it's that he was a beautiful amalgamation of what the strength of urban and black fatherhood is and that they go whatever we want the actor to leave so you just leave his son out there forever and that he kept saying to them the fans are not going to like this no one's going to like this they're like whatever bet we don't care and that you know there were so many opportunities there were so many things in the writer's room where that were racist and sexist and gross and that you see now 20 years later the evidence of those breakdowns in the writing mm -hmm. and that they thought and also they were high in their own supply i think they really thought that well everybody loves us so it doesn't matter how we which i think game of thrones but not the walking dead i think the walking dead avoided that because the walking dead i think to its end was still able to make difficult decisions about deaths and who winds up with who and who winds up where that were that were organic to me to the fraught nature of the the storytelling in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone, other... someone on that writing staff clearly wrote out rough arcs before yeah. they started writing. Yes. So it may even if you didn't like where it went, even if it did something controversial, it made internal sense. Which is one of those things where like I was laughing because I actually like there's a my kid introduced me to a anime called uh, One Piece, which has okay. upwards of a thousand episodes. Wait. But the thing is, what he did was built a big old world, mm -hmm. inhabited it, and then tells little chunky stories in the world. So each story is thought out, fits in a big arc, but it's small and chunky and meaningful and interesting, mm. um, which is something that The Walking Dead did. And as I was looking at a couple back ones to talk about, like, so they're telling a lot of stories and they're going back yeah. and forth, but each of the stories makes sense. Yeah. Not yeah. like Lost, where clearly they were scrabbling and they didn't have a, they, yeah. they, they clearly yeah. never had a big arc. If they'd had no. a big arc, Walking Dead some... had, yeah, Walking Dead had tremendous, um, tremendous universe to it and tremendous story right. to it. And, and continuity. Could, yes. Yes. 
And so because of all of those things, logistically and the story and all that Definitely. stuff, it worked in a tremendously great way um, where a show like Lost, they ran, like you said, maybe two years, maybe three years, possibly with good writing, maybe. Um, that was a tap. Uh, Game of Thrones, tremendous amount of stuff. It was really more of the the, the showrunners that kind of just shut yeah. that situation down and could have they could have gone a ninth season and wrapped everything up nice and neat, but they rushed it. They rushed it, and also because George R. R. Martin had run, they had run out of the source material. So rather than say, "Why don't we slow this down and figure out where logically, either wait for the author or wait to see where it might be going," they just went, "We're going to wrap this up because, like I said, we got a Star Wars movie." Whoops, um, and it just. So much of the arrogance, I think, of some of these long-running shows, but any show that goes past three seasons, is that it assumes that they're making so much money that you will forget the seeds that were planted. Like when you talked about the whole thing with like the Night King or whatever, that this all this leading up to it, and then Arya just goes bam and he dies. You're like, that's it. The yeah. fact that you're trying to figure out who's gonna like the whole Game of Thrones, the whole idea of it was this mythic ideal and then they wipe off half the people in the first episode they're not even a factor in the last episode and i'm like what was the point of that what was the point of having um i'm forgetting her character gwendolyn christie the actor who's amazing the big tall lady who is uh, yeah uh uh brian brian yeah who's Brianne. in love yep. with jamie mm -hmm. and then they have pity sex and then never does it goes here i'm like what was the point of that because it's well, just it goes it goes right back to the Martin had a big art. Martin knows exactly what's happening everywhere all the time with everyone and everything in his world. The minute they ran off of his map, it crashed yeah. and burned. Yeah. And they didn't and even respect his. No. He's like, this is what's going to happen. This is where, you know, and they were just like, nope. <laughs> Which is why I was like, this is going to, it's going to start beautifully because I knew people in the production. I'm like, this is going to be gorgeous. But he ain't done, and it's going to end before he does. And sure enough, but you oof. know, same thing with The Witcher. There's another one. They completely misunderstood where all their goodwill was coming from, which was 100 percent nothing else but Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And the minute they, the minute they're like, "No, we're going to do our own thing," and he's like, "No, it's gone. It's done. It's over." Now, me and my wife joke all the time. Has HBO done any really good shows that finish strong? Like, maybe there's one, maybe. They've had so many great shows that they kind of, they miss, they leave the book arc, or they or they just kind of rush it, and you're like, okay, Sopranos, what? You know, you just go down the list, with True Blood. Ah. You just kind of like, I will okay. say, The Sopranos, the very end of Sopranos, was one of my favorite little bits of filmmaking and storytelling. Mm -hmm. That last episode in the black was brilliant. I think they should have either ended the end of the, the season before or they should have stretched it a little further hmm. and tied it a little better but right. still if you're gonna if you if you say oh your budget's done that was a strong that's how you do it ending. yeah, yeah. Well, with that again people decide how they want things to end and how things would end in their world right going back to things being just there were people who thought that tony soprano should die a on horrible, screen yep Right, a horrible, horrible death. And for him to just be listening to Journey in a diner with his family seems so unfair after 
all of the sadness. It's like Michael Corleone. I mean, yeah. we're going all these mythical, right? <laughs> but Michael Corleone in Godfather Three dies alone well, in his garden. Dies alone in his, and then going back to Vito to to Don Vito at the beginning. This horrible man who dies in the garden playing with his grandson. You know having fun with all of the horrible things that he did himself but then wrought on his whole family um it's into and no we have to do a godfather episode um and because invested. parts of it are and i love it but all invested. parts of it are cheesy i mean seriously the godfather three i think is and to me it was the shame that this beautiful series ended on such a cheesy note but then again i think that so much of it does did ring true i mean that last movie was just the terribleness but you know you you are where you are um as we wrap this up um (laughs) which we said 20 minutes ago we kept talking this is one of my favorite i love it this is one of my absolute favorite episodes recently that we have done i think because mine too I think the best thing that we do in this show is talk about the tangents because the tangents are why these things are important. We talk about the universe of these shows or these television, these movies or these, you know, songs or, you know, people's catalogs as musicians. But what it what what it's really important to note is how they relate to the rest of the way that we live our lives. So and the context, the greater huge yawning context of these things. Right. So. Brian, from the very beginning, you establishing that these really these apocalyptic shows, these other world shows are about how we live as people and and not about the thing that's coming. Something's coming to kill us. Is it COVID? Is it zombies? Is it dragons? What is it? Um, is it mobsters? What do we got? And what is it? What, Did is you say it mobsters it? or monsters? Mobsters, but yes. Oh. Um, and so I, I think this is wonderful. Um, we are usually ask and now i think that we were had said we weren't going to do this but we usually ask like well we're gonna do it um if you thought this thing was cheesy or that people might think it was cheesy before after this discussion which was super deep in a lot of ways do you agree that there's still some cheesy some cheesy elements to this or how do you feel about it now i i do still feel like there are some some cheesy elements to it because that's just part of especially with, with monsters um, or or zombies, how can you not have cheesy elements to it that are um, too convenient for the character um, or pushing the story along? So yes, there are cheesy elements of it, but I think overall, I would say it's probably 90% realistic in, in regards to like, you can process it and deal with it to the 10% that's more, it's makeup or the idea of how they got out of that situation is cheesy. But the 90% that hits home with us is what makes it a real deal um, take home and, and take the heart kind of situation. I I love that. I think that's deep as heck. Um I was gonna say deep as hell, which is funny because, you know, hey. Um so Brian, is there anywhere where you would like people to find you? Um wow, that's crazy. So why are you gonna yeah. ask that on an apocalypse show? <laughs> that's just cold. So um there's actually two places you can find me. Um one you can find me on my Twitter which is um b wade speaks um a twitter and then i'm actually getting ready to start a podcast myself oh. in the end of february um called community misfits and if you go to twitter it's called we underscore r underscore misfits on twitter I love it what's it about Brian? so community misfits um is really about understanding that 
that as a Christian and, and living your life for God, that you're not going to fit in with society. And so mm -hmm. understanding that you're not going to fit into society, but we need to understand how to be taught, how to live, how to laugh, how to love as Christians to grow and be what God wants us to be. So we're not going to fit in society per se, but we do have a, a calling and a, and a standard that God wants us to live and celebrate and, and do. And so it'll be a podcast with sometimes we're, we're teaching and giving principles. We other times we're doing interviews and we're just talking about life and how life and God has taken us to the path and direction of success and whatever that looks like uh, by his definition, his standard. That's beautiful. And now I've got that misfit song from R Rudolph the Reindeer. Uh, in <laughs> oh, my the head. misfit toy song? We yes. just don't fit in. I wear a couple of misfits. We, we, yes. Yeah. And, and I think that that title kind of birthed <laughs> a little bit out of our church. We are a church of, uh, we probably have more um, people recovering from addiction than we could have ever imagined in our church. And we're just a group of misfits that are kind of growing and loving and doing life together. So, we, and, you know, that's where that came from. And it's really beautiful. doing the, um, doing the biblical Jesus thing, like the, you know, defeating in the community and the accepting and all of that. I can, and I can say this because I used to go to church with Brian and he was my pastor for a while. And so, yeah, doing the real deal. I know you didn't ask me to do that, but <laughs> you're the real deal. Um, That's amazing. Rock well Thank on. you so much, everybody. I hope everyone that we went a little later than we usually do. I'm excited about this. Thank you so much for for uh, being here. Uh, Co-host Lynn. Yes, thank you. And producer Sam. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Reverend Pastor Mr. Brian Wade. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> Re Reverend Dr. Evangelist. Uh, Overseer. Overseer, um, whatever you got to do. Um, Bishop. Oh, you know, not the fish. It's true, though. Um, yes, anyway, right. thank you guys for having me. I just want to tell you, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this craziness and for continuing to support us. Um, as we say, always keep it easy, keep it breezy, keep it cheesy, but not so cheesy that a zombie might want to bite you. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.